0: Again, we take a few moments just to wait, and uh, if God has a word specifically for the family, body of believers, microphones are there. It's not for testimony or observation. It's just if you really feel God wants to say something to the body, could be a picture or scripture. A pasture of of a flock of sheep. My children, come come to me and listen. Come to me and listen. Come to me and listen. are the sheep of my pasture. As a shepherd tends the flock, so I tend you. I protect you. I lead you in green pastures. I lead you beside still waters. I, the sh- good shepherd, my sheep know my voice and my sheep will follow me. Okay. Um, There we have it. Interesting. Uh, Liz, you can turn down those mics because they'll probably feed a little bit. I have them kind of hot. So God is saying something, said it twice. Uh, Saw uh, a group of sheep. Then listen and come to me. Then, who has said that they will know my voice, those who follow me. And then we hear again, we're being led, protected, and guided. My sheep know my voice. Do you know God's voice? Apparently God is saying this morning that that's a pretty darn important thing to know. Because you will go nowhere until you know his voice. Until you know his voice, you're going to be following every whim of your emotions everything that you think is the way things should be, what you like, the way you want church to happen, the way you want life to happen, because what else do we have? If we don't have the true voice of God, and trust me, not everybody who says, Jesus, Lord, Lord, is actually, actually connected to the Lord. The Bible's very clear about that. So we have to be really careful. God's making a a very pivotal point this morning about knowing his voice. And it is only by knowing his voice, listening, which is a learned thing, trust me, we do not listen automatically. We respond automatically. We give an opinion automatically. But actually, listening is something totally different. Part of the waiting process that God is doing with us here is not just because we're trying to twist God's arm and get him to say something. That is not it. We are making space for him to speak, absolutely, but also it's teaching you to live in the uncomfortableness of waiting. You, how many this morning, when we're doing this kind of stuff, it gets a little uncomfortable? Oh, what's all going on? I don't know what's happening. Is God going to speak? Oh, I wonder if... We can get very... Very kind of full of tension and a little bit of anxiety because we are stopping down and we are waiting. So part of what we do on Sundays is to teach us how to listen. And I guarantee you, our, when we're giving our opinion all the time, we're not listening. Even when we're giving our opinion to God in prayer. And saying, God, this is the way church should be. This is the way life should be. I'm just reminding you, God. Oh, by the way, God, I'm just letting you know, God, uh, this is how I think it should be flying. I will put a warning out. You be very careful when you, and I speak it to me, I speak it to the church overall. I just feel to do this. Be very careful when we are telling the church how it should be. In our opinions, in our discussions at the supper table, when we're talking to somebody on the phone, be very careful because God is listening if we aren't. God is listening. And I will guarantee you that God is not as upset about his church as we might be, he sees us totally differently. And so he's saying this morning, listen to make sure you hear my voice so that you are not following just your own opinion, what you like, and I'll show you how that works. You know you're doing that. What it will do is it will separate you from the body. When you are listening to your own opinion... When you get in a little group and start talking about the way church should be and how the church is doing it wrong, we're going to go over here and do it right. That is not God. Now, if you're in a church that's completely apostate and it's, you know, doing crazy stuff, that's a different thing altogether. Absolutely. There's a point where you have to come out. Mosaic is not that church. But so you will know whenever there is a separation happening, whenever you are being separated from the body, whether it be friends, groups, whatever it was that you were involved with in the church, and then you start separating, watch it. You're hearing another voice. You're hearing another spirit when that happens. God brings together... The devil separates. So God is saying to somebody this morning, you need to hear my voice. You need to make sure you are hearing my voice. You need to make sure that you are listening to me and not somebody else. Be very careful because it always leads to separation, which will then lead to accusation. They're all doing it wrong. We're going to do it right. And God has a way of... Listen, if there's a problem in the church, God has a wonderful way of dealing with that. And it's, it's written in Scripture how to do that. And it's done in love. It's not done in accusation. And it's done in person. So you just have to be very careful. But this is a wonderful thing... That God is saying this morning, he wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants you to know his voice. Because if ever in the history of the church in the last, you know, decades, boy, we need to hear the voice of God now. We need to hear the real voice of God now. This church is a family. God has called us together to be a family so that we could take care of each other in a world that is learning how to not take care of each other. Everyone has gotten a siege mentality. There's that scripture in the old Testament that says every man went to his own tent and just lived it the way they thought they should live it. And it was one of the most apostate depressed times of Israel's history. Everyone went to their own little enclave and did what they thought was right. And, that's seemingly where the world is going. But God has created this wonderful entity called the church, where if, and Bill and I were talking about this this morning, so often what we talk about in the morning is reflected through the the conversation in the message. But this, why are you here? Why are we here together? Why, is it just so that you can come and hear a sermon or something? Well, I suppose that's part of it, but the real benefit is, like Bill was talking about uh, uh, Corinthians 13, the love chapter, a while ago, he was talking about that because if we will learn how to operate like that with each other here, I guarantee you nothing that happens out there in the world, in your life, in your family, in your finances, in whatever, is going to knock you off the path. As we take care of each other, as we love each other, as we support each other, as we look at each other and we may see things that we really don't like, but to be able to look at each other with love, and I, I was talking to someone the other day about we see our, our things that we do wrong and the things that maybe aren't complete in us yet, we see it as sin, and we get very condemned about it, and we get very kind of, it makes us pull away from God. But when God sees that in us, he just sees something, an opportunity to help, an opportunity to heal. He doesn't see it as something negative. He sees it as an opportunity to come in and love you and to love me. And if we would look at each other the same way, we'd look at somebody and say, that's, you know, the way they are. Sometimes God would have us go over and try to put the arm around them and, and help and correct in whatever way we can. But it's all done in love. And if we would do that for each other on Sunday, come in and instead of coming in, and I know we all do this, coming in and saying, I wonder what God's going to say to me today. To come in and say, I wonder what God's going to give me for someone else today. Now, if we came in those doors with that, oh my heavens, what a difference. God, would I guarantee, give you something at some point, maybe not every Sunday, but you'll get something and you'll look at somebody and maybe just get a little... Something going on there, and maybe I want to pray for them. But nonetheless, the point I'm making is about love. God is saying, hear my voice, and my voice is a voice of love. It is a voice that brings together. It is a voice that supports. It is a voice that brings unity. It is a voice that brings the presence of Christ into our lives and into our churches. So again, God is admonishing us very heavily this morning. You need to hear the real voice of God. That's not a threat. It's it's an admonishment that God is saying, make sure you're listening to me. You need to hear that voice. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful how God speaks to us? He knew that we were coming in here this morning, and somebody needed to hear that. It might be a correction. It might be an encouragement. It might be an eye-opening. Who knows? I don't know. But it's, it's so true that God wants you to hear his voice. And when we hear that voice, we need to surrender. We need to surrender to it. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, the You can go to the next slide there, Liz. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to truly surrender to that voice once you hear it. It's incredible the way God dovetails these things. <laughs> um, Isaiah 30 and 15 It's a wonderful piece of scripture that the Lord, and you know, one of the best things I can do is speak to you from an experience. One of the most powerful things you can do is to speak to somebody about God from your experience, not from your theory about how everything should be, but from the experience that God has given you. To go, we said it this morning, I was talking to uh, Gwen and and them this morning about it, that, you know, we could go and tell somebody about Jesus, but if we haven't had the experience, it's going to land pretty flat, but we're going to speak from an experience, and that's what gives it power. So the most powerful thing you have is your story and your experience. But when we when we are looking at how to surrender, this scripture is something that's been given to me over the last month. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence, is your strength, but you would have none of it. So what was the context that God was speaking about in this situation? Isaiah 32 to 3 talks about what is happening. It says, for without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. But by trusting Pharaoh... You will be humiliated, and by depending on him, you will be disgraced. Now, the situation is that Hezekiah was being threatened by Assyria. Assyria was a huge, huge country. I think we have a graphic there. This is the side, like here's little old Israel right here. All of that is is sitting outside the gates of Jerusalem saying, I'm going to do to you What I did to all these other places, Egypt, huge. It would be like the United States invading Prince Edward Island. That's what it would be like. Assyria was a massive prototype of what the end time world dominating power is going to be. That is going to come and try to crush Israel. This is all going to happen again. What we saw, the prophecy, and I'm, Going off in a little limb here, but this country, Syria coming to take over Israel, to try to destroy Israel, is a little bit of prophetic kind of looking in the past. All prophecy in the Old Testament, you'll see a little bit of it done, but not completely. You'll see some kind of reflection of it, of what the end times is going to be. And there is going to be a worldwide... Huge force that's going to come in the end times and try to destroy Israel. Again, never did it this time, and it ain't going to do it the second time. And guess who's in Israel? You and I. We're being grafted into Israel. So trust me, the same force that is going to come against little old the state of Israel, and it will do that in a physical manifestation at some time in the future, hopefully after we're gone. But it's all going to happen again. But nonetheless, here's Hezekiah, little old Israel, and uh, they're going to destroy it. And what does Hezekiah do? Hezekiah does what most of us do. We look around at what can help us, what is tangible right there. And he sends envoys down to Egypt And sends ambassadors down with all kinds of wealth and all kinds of stuff. And trying to get Egypt to help. And God is saying in Isaiah 30, saying, you may think that's going to help you. But, and Isaiah 30, 16 to 17 says this. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness, I love God's way of putting things. But the only swiftness you're going to get is to see the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. Isn't that wonderful? Well, it's sad, actually, but isn't that wonderful? One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. Now, that is a complete reversal of the promise of God for your life and my life. What does it say? That when we are walking with God, one will put 10,000 to flight. Two will put 100,000 to flight, whatever those numbers are. See, it's a complete reversal. And this is what happens when we start relying on something other than God in our life, that we reverse the promises and we get the curse. It just, it's a natural thing. And he's saying, oh, no, no, Egypt, you th- you or Israel, you think you're going to depend on Egypt? Mm, it's not going to go very well for you. Um, and what's amazing is that all that Israel has been through, that they still go and do this again. Now... They've had far more examples of the intervention of God, I think, than we probably have had in some ways. But, uh, you know, I say many of you have testimonies that are pretty amazing. So, you know, God has shown Himself to be true and faithful in our lives. He's shown us to be that. But yet, here's Hezekiah who runs to Egypt. And who are we running to? We do do it. We do even if we just run to fear. In marriage, who do we lean on when things get challenging? And I thought of a few things, like with marriage. Well, we lean on the fact that I'm right, and you're wrong, and I need to change you. And once you're changed, then it will be great. Well, we know that doesn't work. And if you've seen the the Christian movie, The War Room, you have a wonderful example of, oh, I need to change and rely on God to give me that change of patience and praying and, uh, you know, talking to her husband with love and, and being patient with them and long-suffering with them. Sounds kind of like what God is saying the bodies should do with each other. Not always easy to do. But nonetheless, what happens? The situation turns around. Of course, it was a dramatic Thing. It was a movie; it wasn't real, but it's true. The principles are true. In our finances, um, what are when our finances get tricky? What do we do? Like, do we start trying to, you know, maybe do some unethical things and save some money on our taxes, or or buy something, pay for something under the table so you don't have to pay taxes and that kind of stuff because you're you want to save money. Do we work? too many jobs, and lose our family in the process. You never see your kids. You never, you're never, you never home. Your marriage falls apart because you're working four jobs. Now, I understand sometimes there are periods and there are seasons that, yes, we have to work a little bit harder to put things together, but that is not the way that we should hope that our finances are brought together. Fundamentally, it's going to be God that does a miracle, and you could all stand up and give testimonies of how God has supernaturally come in and touched your finances, and you never had to do anything. You found money in mailboxes. You found money in Bibles. People came up to you and gave money. All of a sudden, something that was broken starts working again. All of it, like, it's crazy, the stories. I know the stories. And that comes when we trust God. He said he's going to take care of your finances if you take care of them the proper way. Give to Caesar, when we give to Caesar what is God's. When we're spending money on things we shouldn't be spending them on. Brings pleasure. Illness. What's so interesting? Hezekiah had an illness. Now it was after this. It was after this situation happened. Some of you know Hezekiah's illness. Hezekiah, by the way, for those who don't know, he was a king. One of the really good kings in ancient Israel. And he brought a tremendous revival of proper spirituality to Israel. And, uh, it was so amazing when I was in Jerusalem, because in Hezekiah, it talks about him building the wall, (coughs) rebuilding the wall. And there's a part when you're walking through Jerusalem, they've excavated and you can look down and you can see his wall, the, the actual wall that he built. It's so amazing. Um, and you can also walk through the tunnel that he built that brought water into Jerusalem from a spring. But he had an illness. And the prophet went to him and said, well, don't know what to tell you, but you're going to die. So put everything in order, you're going to die. And then he walked, he walked out. But Hezekiah did something very interesting. He turned his face to the wall, and it said he cried and wept bitterly. And interceded with God. To heal him. And you know what? God changed his mind. God went to the prophet and said, Okay, go back. Go back and tell Hezekiah this. And he specifically said, I have seen your tears. And because you have humbled yourself, (laughs) remember this, because you've humbled yourself, I'm going to give you 15 more years. We got to learn something there, folks about what it means to lean on God and, and to be able to really trust God. And that's what he did, and God honored that. Now, what was really interesting about that is Hezekiah still had to have a medical intervention. It said, go and put a poultice, they call it in one translation, some say ointment, on the boil. The boil is an Old Testament word for a lot of different conditions. But nonetheless, whatever it was was killing him. And he still had to have that medical treatment in order for the miracle to happen. So all you people who think that you don't go to the doctor, I don't think anyone does here, actually, um, but that you shouldn't go to a doctor, especially when it comes to mental health issues, that once you've given, gone to a doctor... Oh, you've actually given up. You're not trusting God anymore. That is a lie because God actually gave direction that a medical procedure should be done on this condition. God said He was going to heal him, but He was going to heal him through a medical process. So please don't go around telling people that if they go to the doctor, they don't have faith. That is demonic. If you have had the blessed occurrence to never be ill in your life, then that's something to celebrate and to thank God for. It is not something to put on top of other people to make them feel like they're somehow not spiritual. Keep it to yourself. But if you want to encourage somebody to have faith for a miracle and understand that it might actually happen through a medical procedure, then fill your boots. That's love. Whenever we are bringing doubt and accusation on other people through our wonderful, miraculous life, that's demonic. Because it's not love. And it's not right. So, and, and listen, it's natural human nature. We like to puff up our feathers and think that we've got a big spiritual knowledge that nobody else has. It's just the way we are. It's part of the broken humanity. You'll have to fight it. I have to fight it. We all have to fight it. So it's not like if you've done that, you're somehow a renegade, crazy saint that needs to be thrown off God's love list. It's just welcome to the, the human experience. So don't condemn yourself either. Just fix it. That's all. Just fix it in grace. And sometimes when it, our career isn't going the way that we want, to, want it to go and we get in offices and all of a sudden uh, you try to get in good with your boss and you're kind of nudge-nudge and <laughs> you know laughing at jokes you shouldn't laugh at because you want to create a relationship with your boss and all of a sudden you're gossiping about somebody else in the business and, uh, and then you're throwing shade on another work person or somebody else this is all, this is all not listening to God's voice. This is not surrendering to God. This is trying to do it our way. And trust me, in the, we do it, you can see it, gossiping in the church. When we are talking about somebody else in the church in a pejorative way, in a way that kind of says, I can't believe they did it. I, I just told them. that." That is destructive gossip, and it's dangerous, and it will kill the church. Actually, the Bible's pretty clear. Paul said to them, he said, y'all better watch it. Because if you start backbiting each other, it will kill you. It will actually come around and start killing you. And there's very, very little opportunity in the church to bring an accusation against another person in church. Um, the Bible says, if there is such need, then take two people with you and go and do it politely, and do it in love, and, and have the thing worked out. It's so easy, isn't it, to sit in the car drive, yeah, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, they're doing it like this, and I told them that it was wrong, and da 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 You are, when you're doing that, you are, the devil is able to come in on that, because you know better. So he's able to come in and ride on our ignorance, and start affecting that person. We are actually cursing them. That's what we're doing. God help us. We've all done it. It's horrible, but hopefully we're growing in our faith and we're learning not to do that. But when we step out of how we know it should be, it gives license to what shouldn't be. It just does. There's only good and there's only evil, so we have to be really careful. So God gives them really strong instruction about what they need to do, what Israel needs to do to be protected. He's telling them, you want to go after Egypt? It refers to it, it'll be a splintered reed that will pierce your hand. Meaning what they are resting on and what they are putting their hand on is actually going to hurt them and do damage. And that's where we come back to our lead scripture, which says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning, and that word returning in its original language can be translated as repentance and understand that's a beautiful word for repentance, isn't it? It's just returning. It's not sitting in your failure and going, oh, that is not, that's not repentance. That's earthly sorrow that brings destruction. This is simply returning. It's returning, God, oh, God, I was off the road there. I was off the path a little bit there, Dad. Um, and he's saying, come on, yeah, come on back on the path. I'll have you anytime. time. We're open for business. And, but, but, At the end of it, it says, but you would have none of it, right? Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. And quietness and confidence is your strength. This is really powerful. This is not God just wanting a crowd, saying, return to me, and, oh, look at how many people have returned. That is not God's purpose here. He's saying what it is that is going to give you and I real safety. Resting, quietness, confidence is our strength. That is a different way of approaching problems, isn't it? We think that we should get on the phone and get a big prayer thing going, and sometimes that is okay. It is okay, as long as it's not done in panic. God is saying, trust me, in quietness, in confidence, and resting. Now, I guarantee you, when you are in the middle of a really difficult situation, the finances are going left, your health is going left, your life is going left, your brain is going left, all these things are happening, God is actually saying in the middle of that situation, I want you to simply be quiet. And I want you simply to be confident. And I want you to simply rest. Do you know how hard that is to do? I know how hard that is to do, trust me. It's very hard to do. And you know what? You won't be able to do it if you do not hear his voice. If you are not hearing his voice in the middle of this, you won't rest, you won't be quiet, and you won't have confidence. You will be running around to get people to pray for you. You'll be running around telling everybody about how terrible it is. You'll be be praying what I call panic prayers oh God, I know what you said. I know you said that you'd be with me and that you're going to put... That is not faith. That's panic. It's fear. It does nothing. It just does nothing. Angels can't move with that. Angels only move when we exude faith. God only moves when we exude faith. Jesus was very clear about that. He tried to heal people in Nazareth and he could, it was only a few people might have been Nazareth, another place, but you know the story where he went in and they didn't believe him. They didn't believe who he was. They said, we grew up with you. Ah, get out of here, Jesus. You're a crazy guy. You think you're the Messiah. And it said only a few poor folk were saved or healed. Only a few. So it is really got an awful lot to do with what we're believing. And if you can discipline yourself... Because this is hard. Trust me, I'm doing it right now. This is very hard to do. Because every instinct in you wants to scream, holler, and run for help. Wherever you can find it. And God is saying, no, trust me. Why? Because God is trustworthy. He's saying, have confidence. Why? Because God, you can put your confidence in God. He will not forsake you he will never leave you nor forsake you you may go through the valley of the shadow of death but his rod and his staff his rod being his word will be with you that god yes you are going and you you guys have you've all had some horrible things happen to your life we've all had them and if we and we're going to have more i hate to you know i read the book you read the book It's going to get more and more difficult to have faith. It's going to get more and more difficult to put the the pieces together and, and to make everything look roses, because it isn't roses. It's tough. The prophecy we had, the word we had a while ago from Tony, that it's a war. And in that, we need to not run and scream and holler. I've been in prayer meetings that were panic prayer meetings. I've been in a deliverance situation where a woman manifested and the whole it was a prayer meeting and there was a manifestation the place went crazy everyone was screaming and hollering and jesus oh in jesus name and jesus and nothing happened she gradually went back to some kind of a state of normality i went out into the kitchen and i said god what just happened there i was only a young christian he said there was no authority Everyone was screaming because fundamentally most people are afraid of the devil. Because he's done a tremendous job putting movies into our culture that make him look like some kind of formidable foe. Meanwhile, the Bible says at the end day we're going to look and say, is this the man? We're going to look down and say, is this the man that did Quake Nations? Now, I am not going to say that he is not a formidable foe absolutely. So much so that the Bible tells you that you should not be fighting him. You should allow angels to do that. That is an angelic job. When you get start rebuking the devil, get ready for a spiritual punch in the face because it's not our job. We are to trust God. We are to pronounce the promises of God. We are to elevate the name of Jesus Christ, the authority of Christ. Now, if there is a demonic situation, this is a sidebar, but if something manifests in front of you, Then you have the right. God has allowed that to happen. It's there in front of you. Then you have the authority to use the name of Jesus Christ, command this thing to be silent and to be gone. Absolutely, we have that authority. But when you start imagining all these demonic powers and you're rebuking this and binding that and rebuking this, get ready. I've met people. I've been in the church for 40 years in charismatic Pentecostalism. Most of those people are demonized at the end of it. So what God is saying, no, 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 don't do that in quietness and in confidence and in resting rest. Jesus said, I wanted to come and put my wings around you and bring you like little chicks. I wanted to bring you up into my arms, but you wouldn't. And so it's a learned thing. God's got your family. God's got your finances. God's got your health. God's got your mental health. God's got your future. He's got everything you need. The Israelites, in rank disobedience, were in the desert for 40 years because they didn't believe God, and God still made their clothes not mold or their shoes wear out. There is a mark on you. You are Christ. You're not some person that just kind of stumbled into church. You are somebody... That God called from almighty heaven, spoke to you, made you somehow understand this absolutely cosmic idea. That there is a God who loves you, a God who has forgiven you, has given you this incredible understanding. And that was no fluke. That was an incredible, miraculous thing. And that God is in you. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Which is what Jerry said a couple weeks ago. So we have every reason, all the promises to rest and have confidence. And then in verse, I'll finish with this. Verse 18. Listen to this. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him. So he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? God wasn't, he was trying to correct Hezekiah because he wanted to do that. But he said, I can't do it until you come to me and rest in confidence and wait. Isn't that beautiful? This is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. Father, we thank you for the truth of who you are today and the truth of who we are and the truth of what you're doing. And Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit being with us today, speaking to us so clearly about your voice, listening to your voice, that you're going to be with us. And Father, I pray this morning for us that need to rest and have confidence and not get in a panic. Even though our emotions may be all over the road and our thoughts may be full of terror and and distraught. But in the middle of that, Father, we don't serve you by feelings. We serve you by faith. So, Father, I pray today that we would just give to you, hand over to you this morning. Any feeling of fear, any feeling of panic, any feeling of the fear of the future and not knowing what's happening Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, show us right now what that might be, what you want us to surrender and bring to you today. Whatever it is you want us to bring to you today, what, what issue, what thing. Father, we give it to you. We give it to you and we trust you with it. And when that Assyrian army came, Hezekiah put the letter of threat that they gave him, saying they were going to destroy him, and he put it on the altar. And God said, I'll take care of this. Father, let us put the letter of accusation in our life, whatever's causing us to have tremor and fear and doubt and making us step back instead of step forward. Father, we put it on the altar in front of you today. we thank you father as always if there's an act of we have to have an act of faith anyone who feels that there's been something this morning that was like that that you've given God something just stand up and just as a statement of of confirmation that father we trust you this morning with the issues we trust you with them we stand and give them to you father god all of these issues Father, it is in you that we will have confidence. It is in you that we will rest. It is in you that we will trust. Hallelujah, Lord. We give it to you, Father. And in quietness and confidence will be our strength. We will not be jigged and jagged by the enemy. Pulled by the threats that's in, that are in the news media and about the future, Father, we will not be pulled by the nose. But we will trust in quietness and rest, Father God. In quietness and in rest will be our strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hmm. Sacred moment. Hmm. Sacred moment. Uh, does anyone need prayer for anything? Anyone? I know it's kind of, we just talked about resting in confidence and stuff, <laughs> but, but that's part of it. Okay, Mama, you want to stand up? You want to stand? Uh, I'm going to try to, she'll translate for you. Translate. Father, I pray for my sister. And the Lord has the pieces of your life. And it's as if you're looking at pieces kind of scattered all over the place. These are maybe issues or concerns, things that aren't the way they should be. But the Lord wants to encourage you this morning and tell you that he is bringing those pieces together. It's almost like a picture that's broken apart and God is going to bring the pieces back together again. There has been trauma in your life and which broke some stuff, which kind of shattered some stuff. And the Lord is saying that he is the repairer. He will repair that brokenness. This is a promise from the Lord for you this morning. The Lord will repair what is broken. Oh, I feel that so strongly. The Lord will repair what is broken. And he will bring the pieces back together. So be encouraged this morning. And know that your prayers are heard Know that God loves you, you are his daughter, and he takes great joy in you, and you don't need to be anything more than who and what you are. God loves you just the way you are, and he'll guide you into deeper places with him. And there's also something about learning God's voice, there's going to be, I I don't mean to just tie that in because that was part of the service, but I feel to say it, that there is going to be a, an increase in you hearing the voice of God more clearly. Um, but be still and know that he is God and be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for my sister. Okay. Father, we pray. You healing is part of our covenant promise, Father God. And Father, I pray for Verna that you would show her if there is any root cause connection in that pain. Sometimes it can be associated with something. Our body is telling us something. But Father, we pray healing in Jesus' name. A release from this. It's almost, Verna, like there's a tension. There's some kind of tension, uh, not associated with that nerve, but within you. There's a, a, some kind of tension, a conflict, uh, something going on. And the Lord would just ask you to release that. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I don't need to know what it is. And it's not like you're sinning or anything. It's nothing like that. But just there, there's some kind of a conflict, two things coming against each other uh, uh, in the mind, kind of an indecision or uh, there's just something hanging in there. And the Lord just wants you to let it go. Just let it go. And I speak peace over you. It's actually been robbing you of peace. And I just release that from you. Not that you're all distraught. It's not that. But there's this little thing. Just let it go. There's something God just wants you to just let go of. And uh, Lord, again, in Jesus' name, nerve be healed. Pinch be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, this actual scripture is we will follow him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, go have a look at that one. Change your mind completely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. A- after service, we can show it to you. Anyone else need prayer, anything? Father, uh, I pray. Do you want to say something or do you want prayer? Okay. So tomorrow I start physio. And okay. I just didn't, didn't need this in my life. But anyway, it's, it's yeah. what I got. So I just need some prayer that it's going to go. Okay. Lord, we pray for Lorraine. Yeah. And uh, uh, Lord, you know, bumps, bumps, bumps. Father, we pray Healing that there would be no, really, no no long-term effect from soft tissue damage mm-hmm. um, or anything. Father, we just pray healing in Jesus' authority, we speak it, Father, um, healing over that situation. And uh, the Lord would say, don't allow this, don't take it into the spiritual realm. No. Don't take it, don't, don't read anything into it, Lorraine. No. That's what I feel the Lord saying, and, and just a confirmation for what you're doing. Right. Uh, you're right. Don't read anything into it. Sometimes we can, where's God? The devil's taking control. My life has no reason. Uh, don't do that. Just walk through this. Mm-hmm. It's part of, it's the bumps of life. Right. Um, and God will give you strength for it. But I really, again, uh, here in the neck mm-hmm. um, and that's healed in Jesus' name, we pray. Yeah. Father. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine, the word family is coming to me as you walk away. Um, uh, I know it would be easy for me to pray into your family. I know the circumstances. Uh, but I just feel the word family. God wants to pray over your family. Um, and he's doing more than you see. He's doing more than you see. Um, this is Quietness, confidence, and rest, which is something you have gone in and out of beautifully, like you've had real moments of it. You've also had real moments where, because it's right in your face, it's been very difficult. But I just feel the Lord saying, come into this even more. Um, And because if you don't, it's going to take, it's going to actually shorten your years. Um. And so take the rest. You're not you're not lacking faith in doing it. You're not lacking your due job. You've got to pray and believe. No, God's got this. God's got this, Lorraine. And uh, so rest in the wonderful knowledge that he is in this situation. There's times where you've looked at it and you've really thought God has left. Like it's just not working. And what's wrong? This just isn't right. Um, but... That's part of the battle, Lorraine. Um, So uh, the picture I'm getting is when people are in a deep, when two sides are fighting a war, and it's a, a hand battle, ancient hand battle, it's hard to know when you're in the middle of the war that your side's actually winning because you've just got someone in front of you trying to kill you. But God is saying you can't see the forward motion that's happening because you're fighting in this one area. And that's okay. But rest. God will give you strength. That's a promise to you. God will give you strength for the future. Don't worry about the future. He's got that under control. He'll give you the strength. Amen. Uh, Gwen, I'm glad you stood because I feel God isn't finished with that arm, um, the healing of that arm. Father, we pray for for the retaining of the fluid to be gone completely. In Jesus' name, a releasing for the, uh, the glands to uh, work properly, Father God, for the, for the uh, dispersion of this fluid. Father, we release it in Jesus' name, healing completely, Father God, pain gone, and Father God, full mobility on that arm in Jesus' name. And uh, Father, I just pray for Gertrude. Uh, I thank you for her. I thank you... Uh, for her faith and her desire for you, her continued intensity towards you. And that, Father God, I just pray that you would encourage her. And I, I see you reading the Bible. I see you on your bed reading the Bible. And just that the Lord is going to speak to you in some really vivid ways through the Word. And so, Father, and He's going to give some direction the direction you're looking for will come from the word. The, the understanding of the situation that you're, you're looking to understand. And some of the questions, it will come from the word. Um, God will speak to you through that. And, uh, and also I feel to pray for strength, uh, physical strength. Um, I know you've gotten weaker and that's not why I'm praying for. It's just that it came to my mind, the word strength. And, uh, Defy it. Defy it as best you can. Do what it says you can't do. Believe you will do what it's saying you won't do. Speak what it says will never come to be. Keep using that faith. Use it in every step you make is spiritual warfare, Gertrude. Every time you go outside your house to go somewhere, and, you, and it is hard for you now. Every time you do that, that's spiritual warfare. Take the ground take the ground, take the ground as best you can. Just keep taking the ground and speak things that when you, even when you say them, it's going to sound, that is craziness. I may be, you may not even have the physical sensation of faith about it. Speak it anyway, because angels are listening. Word of the Lord for you. Angels are listening. Angels are listening. That's very important for some reason, Gertrude. I don't know how or why, but angels are listening um, that something is happening in the angelic realm when you speak truth and, and prophecy and scripture and the promises, um, something is happening so word the Lord for you, something is happening in the spiritual realm. so be encouraged uh, there's you are affecting things it 's coming to me in bits and pieces. you are affecting things, you really are uh, don 't be discouraged, you are affecting things. Uh, usefulness is still there. Reason is still there for you to be here. Purpose is still here for you for being here. You have not somehow been put aside in the convalescence aisle like in a hospital where people are going about their life and you're laying on a gurney. That is not it. That is not it. You are as relevant and as powerful and as effective now as you ever have been. And don't let conditions, physical or otherwise, try to tell you otherwise. God is with you. Whether anything happens to your arm or not, God's with you. Whether you run a four-minute mile or not, God is with you. And you are as relevant and as pertinent and as as purposeful as you ever have been. So really swallow that. Really digest that. And have confidence in that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for George. We pray for uh, the path you're on. Uh, Know that the path you're on is God's path, uh, that God will guide you. I just really see path. I just really feel God is saying you're on the path. You don't have to get on the path. You're on the path. You You haven't wandered off the path. You're on the path. Don't be looking at somebody else's path. Don't be looking at greener grass. Your path. God's got you on your path. And you be excited about your path. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to walk like somebody else. You don't have to be going in the direction of somebody else. Matter of fact, there's times where you've looked at other people wandering off in their path, and you're going, why am I, why, why am I not going that way? Why am I, why, what's his path? Why, that, what about God saying, your path is the path that he has given you? And you just walk it. Just keep walking it. And God has the flowers for you to see, flowers, metaphor for the wonderful acts of God, And the the opportunities he has for you. And uh, you've got a little bit of a path left. Keep walking it. But it's your path. And be be wildly um, proud of it. In the most wonderful, humble way. Be wildly proud. This is my path. This is the path that God gave me. This is my inheritance. This is my field. And I'm walking her. And I don't care about somebody else's field. I have got this path, and this is the one I'm walking. And that's kind of what God is saying to you. Take great joy in it. You're okay, George. You're okay. You're okay. And just walk your path, and he'll show you the flowers. In Jesus' name, amen. God's good. God is good. Yeah. Um, uh, I won't go on about it, but... I, it is a, a a dream of mine, <laughs> not a dream, but I want to be able to get people together and show you best from my experience how you can do what I just did. Now, not everybody is called to do this and has the gifting to do this, but I think most of us have it to some degree. And I, I just would love to see this more released in the body, um, these uh, prophetic giftings you know, revelatory giftings. But we better take up an offering. Time's going here. So away we go.